how can someone forfeit blessings? That's not a pleasant question because it does speak to the reality that I believe we can indeed forfeit God's blessings in our lives. And to, we need to realize that blessings are all around us. And in many cases, we have things that are happening in our lives that may be God's active blessing in our situation that we do not recognize. So take a simple example. This morning we each got up, our bodies were functioning fine, our hearts were pumping, our kidneys were working. And we don't think about how miraculous it is that each of these functions and dozens and dozens more that I haven't mentioned, all of those are working by the grace of God. Likewise, when we think of our situation, the fact that I wasn't hit by a truck yesterday, or the fact that I was able to go to church yesterday, that is another kind of blessing that through God's grace, I'm able to enjoy life and to be safe and to have enough food. All of those things we can easily take for granted. Now to the point about forfeiting those blessings, I believe it is indeed possible if we are going to ignore repeatedly what God is presenting to us, that we can be forfeiting God's blessings. So for example, if God is nudging me to look at going to seminary, going into full-time ministry, and I persistently ignore that call, God may have had a life of enormous opportunity and blessing lined up for me as a pastor, and I have declined the invitation he's given me. Now, there's always a God of second chances, and there's a chance that I might be able to redeem my mistakes or my hesitancy of obeying God's call, but I'm paying a price for doing that in the meantime. And that is one way in which we can forfeit God's blessings. Another is if we actively turn our back on God and a backsliding person um, is asking for real trouble until they have a wake-up call and return to where God would have them be in their walk with God. Can a blessing get stolen? I mean, Jacob stole his brother's blessing. Can that happen to us today? I don't know the answer to that. I think that the Jacob story is fascinating and we have that in the book because it is such a prominent example from scripture of a process with blessings that we cannot easily relate to today. Today we think in terms of contracts and if I trick you or force you into doing something illegally, the contract between us is null and void. And yet we see Isaac giving the blessing to the son who didn't deserve it, but then he couldn't take it back. In a court of law today, the judge would say that contract was invalid, that blessing you gave uh, to Jacob didn't count, uh, we're back to square one. And you were a naughty boy, Jacob, for trying to steal the blessing. Uh, we don't think like that today. So I don't know if it's possible for me to steal a blessing that was intended for you. I think we serve a lavish God and the blessings 
a plenty both for you and for me, but how it might be that I could steal one intended for someone else, I honestly don't think I can get my head around that. How does God bless us? And why don't we at times see the blessing? Well, God chooses to bless us and does so, as I said a moment ago, lavishly. He thrives on seeing his people live in a state of shalom or a state of flourishing where we have the best things available to us that are appropriate for our situation. I'm not entitled to uh, fancy cars or mansions by the lake. Uh, that's not what God has in mind for me, but he has in mind the best for me. Mm -hmm. And as I think of that, I look at people who demand more, as it were, and assume that they're entitled to certain things, which God doesn't uh, see as the best for them. And uh, that state of shalom with a state of flourishing is one that we can count on God to give us, at least in our individual situations. We live in a world that is fallen, so we are not going to experience shalom in our communities or maybe not even in our families because we're imperfect people, we make mistakes, we sin, and there isn't perfection to be had this side of eternity. But there are indeed so many blessings that are out there that we often do not recognize them. And there's another aspect too, and I mentioned this in the book, it's the concept of a blessing in disguise, that you may have something <clears throat> that happens to you that you see as very unfortunate. So let's take a silly fabricated example uh, you're really looking forward to your trip to Italy on vacation. And the day before you leave, you slip and you break your leg and you cancel the trip. Well, that's a disaster. You're very, very down and depressed by that. But the fact is, the plane that takes off to go to Rome tomorrow, in fact, crashes and everyone is killed. And you say, wow, that was a blessing in disguise. Now, that's an over-the-top example. But often there are blessings that we may not recognize, especially when it comes to misfortunes or things that are disappointments. Uh, you don't get that job you hoped for, and you think that's something uh, unfortunate. Well, that you didn't get it because God may well have something better for you lined up elsewhere. And recognizing those blessings in disguise, especially if we are disappointed or angry, it can be a difficult thing. Before we get back to the, the questions, I want to know why you wrote this book. Was it something that motivated you to see the blessings in your life or other people's lives? The book arose out of a realization that when our children were young, we would put them in bed at night, read them a story, and then say good night with a God bless prayer. It would be God bless Sarah and keep her safe and well and happy. And God bless Matthew and keep him safe and well and happy. And that was a very simple, but nevertheless heartfelt prayer for the well-being of my children. And I then began thinking, 
Well, what's behind this? Where's the theology behind those simple prayers? And the more I got to thinking, the more I said, hmm, blessings is a concept we just throw around as Christians without putting a whole lot of thought into it. And I began doing some research, and the only material I could find were two books written by theologians. They were pretty dense books. And I said, well, where's the stuff that I would like to read about blessings? That's what prompted me then to go ahead and write the book and say, there's one layer after another here, like an onion peeled back. You say, ah, there's more, there's more. And so I came up with 50 topics on blessings that just seemed to flow very quickly that I thought would interest a reader who's not a specialist, uh, not a theologian. I'm not a theologian. And I wrote for the people who, like myself, take their faith seriously and would like to know more about this concept of blessing. Yes. We talk about it very casually, and we'll even use the term blessing in a way that I question in the book, is it appropriate when you sneeze and I say, bless you? Or in some parts of the country, we'll have people saying, oh, bless your cotton socks. How does God <laughs> react to our use of blessings in that sense? Yeah. And um, that's where I divide the concept into two categories. One is casual or colloquial blessings, where we do the sneeze blessing. Uh, and then the other is what I call hallowed blessings or holy blessings that are actually seriously invoking God's help or God's intervention in a setting. Yeah. So if we are in a church setting and the benediction comes and the pastor uh, says, bless you as you go out into the world this week, that's a serious blessing that is God's force behind it. Um, so those are the kinds of things that got me intrigued and forced me to do some homework. And the book is the result of that. Well, here is the book. And you can see I've marked many pages. Oh, good. <laughs> so I want everybody to see that. We'll show it at the end as well. But, you know, my ne my next question is, is uh, like many people think that that it's luck. But but don't think that it's a blessing from God. And you say why God chooses to bless us is a mystery. Why? Yes, because we cannot know the mind of God. And we think of the way God chose the children of Israel to be his special people. And we say, well, that's not fair. Why did you choose them? Well, that's his business. And I cannot answer for God on those questions, nor can I answer why uh, he has intervened in my life and shown me uh, his salvation and given me an opportunity respond to that. Why me? I cannot answer that. But I can and must respond to the way I believe God has called me. And that goes for millions upon millions of Christians around the world. Yes, yes. Well, you know, through the Bible, God often linked his people's obedience to blessing and cursing. Is that true still today? 
I think so. And when I was doing research for the book, I spoke with a, a theology professor colleague who said, now, you must be sure to include in your book something about cursing. And he said it may seem inappropriate when you're talking about blessing to mention curses and God cursing, uh, as we have with the children of Israel. And um, he was correct. And so there is a section in the book about a cursing. And the point is that we have a choice. We can either choose God's way and expect and will receive blessings, or if we choose to go in another direction, the, what I would see as cursings would arise inevitably. Now, is God actively putting a curse on us? I'm not sure. But what I think is happening is that there are going to be bad consequences. If I'm going to succumb to a life of drugs and alcoholism, bad things will happen. Is that a curse? Or if I'm going to be doing uh, really stupid things with my body and engaging in uh, dumb activities that will uh, affect my health, is that God cursing me? Or is it simply a natural consequence of sinful behavior? Mm. And um, I don't think it matters in the long run. What is more important is that we simply avoid those behaviors and cling to God's blessings and uh, his path instead. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Jesus gives many examples of blessing. What are some of the things that he told us about that we should hold on to as a promise? Well, we have the classic uh, statement of ask and you shall receive, seek, you shall find, a knock and the door will be opened to you. So those are good things that will come our way if we follow God and God's leading. Um, I think it's really important in the book for uh, readers to realize what is the nature of blessing. And the nature of blessing has as its foundation God wanting good things for us. Mm -hmm. So when I say in all seriousness at the end of an email to you, I say, blessings on you. If I'm meaning that, and I'm not just using that as a throwaway line, I'm saying I want God to make good things happen in your life. And that is where uh, blessings uh, can easily get trivialized. And when I get a new car, for example, if I say, God bless this car, Help us to drive safely in it. May we use it only for good things. I think that's a legitimate prayer. Now, we can trivialize that and say, well, I got a new three-hole punch from Staples yesterday. God bless the three-hole punch. I think there we are veering into silly territory. Mm -hmm. And is there anything actually wrong with that? Uh, maybe not. But I think that's trivializing the concept. Yeah. You know, when we're talking to other people, giving them blessings, even though maybe they don't deserve it, is that something that, that God wants us to do? 
Well, who does deserve blessings? And uh, yes, we are told to love our, even our enemies uh, deserve our love and blessing and to pray for someone who is making our life difficult for no good reason and asking that God will bring good things into their life, perhaps a change of attitude, perhaps a realization that we have a gospel message to share with them. I think those are quite appropriate and indeed we're called upon to pray for our enemies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So where can they find out more about you and about your book? Well, the book is available in multiple settings, and I would encourage folks to go to the local bookstore, support your independent bookstore. You can get the book on Amazon. You can get the book directly from the publisher, and the publisher is Kairos Press, K-H-A-R-I-S, and uh, you would be able to get it at chain bookstores like Barnes & Noble as well. Mm-hmm. And the book name is The God Who Blesses 50 Reflections on Blessings and Blessedness. And what would you like to leave my audience with today? I would like to have them take more seriously this notion of blessing and to say, hmm, this is more complicated than I initially thought. And to see the richness of this concept and to realize that blessings abound they are all around us in our lives and to have a fuller appreciation of this god of grace unpredictable grace who's doing so many good things in our lives and for us to appreciate them more fully are you seeking a blessing from the lord the lord promises us in psalm 128:2, you will eat the fruit of your labor blessings and prosperity will be yours. And do those who curse you deserve a blessing? While in 1 Peter 3, 9, it says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Abundant blessings are given to those who seek, love, and obey the Lord. Place your trust in him and watch your life transform as you seek the Lord with all your heart and your blessings will overflow. Do you listen to the call of God? Because God speaks to you every day. Are you listening to the call? i mm-hmm.